Amen. All right, now back to the question at hand that Thomas is going to yell at me because we, and, and I did kind of say, we talked about um, not going in, uh, starting in the New Testament. I just felt like, you know, that's not what the Lord wanted us to do tonight. We'll be there next week. Um, we'll uh, we'll catch up with, um, you know, start the introduction of John. And I was going to do it, and I don't know, I just felt like the Lord was just moving in a different direction. And uh, Annabelle said, well, why? You always know what you're going to do. And I said, yeah, you're right. I always know what I'm going to do, because I always know what I'm going to do. I mean, we, but usually it's pretty bulletproof uh, in that sense, but I felt like the Lord was saying... Um, to do something a little different tonight. So we're going to kind of head off in a different direction. We'll start John um, next Wednesday, and then on Sundays we'll we'll pick a topic out of those uh, chapter, parts of chapters we'll go through and kind of look at those in more detail. And we'll probably, the first one we'll do on Sunday, uh, not this Sunday, but next Sunday, we'll be um, probably look at the deity of Jesus Christ, because that's John 1, talks a lot about that, and um, so we'll probably look at that as we go through like the first, I don't know, 13 or 14 verses of John, so, but tonight, um, we are going to just sneak into the book of Joshua, just the first oh, 11 or so verses in there, and kind of just look at something tonight uh, out of Joshua to kind of finish up, I guess, if you would, um, or, or take us to the point of Joshua, you know, and what's going on with Joshua. So, uh, if you would, turn in your Bibles to Joshua chapter 1. And uh, we are going to look out, we're talk about moving out in faith tonight. So that's where we find ourselves, the book of Joshua. So if you remember how we got to this place, right? We got to this place. Tony, can you turn down the gain? Or the, yeah, there you go, the volume. Gain's fine, whatever you want to do. It's just a little hot there. So remember now, we got this group of people, the children of Israel. They were delivered out of the bondage of Egypt. Remember, they were slaves. They were treated as slaves. They lived as slaves. You had the, the no rights of slaves. You remember we've talked about that. We looked at that in the beginning of the book of Exodus. And, you know, um, they, they God was now moving them out into the promised land. He had told Abraham when he came in, this is going to be your land. You're, you're, I'm going to make you a lot of descendants, though it's just you and your wife Sarah at this point, and Lot was with them. But, you know, that separation happened, so it was just them. But I'm going to give you a son, and I'm going to, and I'm going to make, you know, your your... Children as numerous as the sand of the sea. In other words, you're, those that will follow you will be huge. And God is keeping up with that uh, that promise now. He said it, it's going to be 400 years in Egypt. It's going to be difficult for them, but I'm going to bring them out because it's not the right time for them to, for you to take possession of this land. Um, it's just not. I'm giving them time to turn the ship around, uh, but I know they won't, God knowing everything. But I'm giving them that 400 plus years to do that. And so now they're, they're slaves down there. And remember, they were bought uh, with a price. And the price was the blood of the lamb that they applied to their doorposts in faith, right? Uh, they, they applied that. They, they saw the miracles that God had done, how, how God had, you know, uh, struck the Egyptians. And God said, let them go. No, we're not going to let them go, Pharaoh would say. You remember all those things we talked about some weeks weeks ago? 
and again, you know, he he struck the Egyptians. They put the blood on the doorpost by faith, and God took them out of Egypt with a mighty hand. And then, you remember, he brings them to the base of this mountain. We've talked about that on Sunday mornings, the Ten Commandments. He, God actually spoke them out to them. They actually heard the voice of God from the fire, from the the smoke and the, the shaking of the mountain, the earthquake that was going on as he, as he spoke out those Ten Commandments. They had saw that. They had heard his word. And um, again, they've experienced so much. Not so much unlike our lives, guys. You know, it's a it's it's a great picture of the Christian experience. Um, you, you know, we we've been pulled out of the slavery of sin. You know, we were heading in one direction until we gave our lives to Jesus Christ. And it's a family you're you're born into. You you can't come through any kind of other relation. You have to be born into this family. Now, Jesus put it in John chapter 3, you have to be born again, which means you're born into the family of God. You receive it, it's personal, it's with you, it's your decision. It's not made on your parents or your children or your spouse or your whatever. You know, it's a, it's a personal relationship. He brings you out personally. He brings you into this great relationship. And then, you know, we've seen the miracles as well. He showed us his word and we saw him do miracles in our lives. We, we weren't the same person if you remember that experience I, I remember it even though it was a number of years ago you know I, I used to do things one way and then you, you know I, I realized I, I, well, I don't really like doing it and this feels funny now and and, and hanging around and saying that ooh, it just I, I mean I didn't really understand at the time but it just this is not this I don't like this anymore I don't want to do this anymore I don't want to say that anymore I don't want to go there I just it's not something I want to do anymore. And he's, he's changed our hearts and our lives, and he's revealed himself. We, we heard his word, and then we realized, oh, Lord, this is the plan you have. And, uh, uh, you know, it's the same experience that we had in a lot of ways. But back to our story, when, when they heard the word, and they received the law, and then God even had him build a, a portable place of worship, that, that tent, that tabernacle that went along with them. They came, you know, it was always in the center of the camp and wherever and it led them out by the cloud of, uh, uh, by the day and the pillar of fire by night and it led them and when it can't, when it stopped, they camped there and they surrounded it. God was in the middle of them and they heard his law. They, they had a way to Come to him. There was that real visible sign of his presence by that cloud and that pillar, and they got up to the the promised land. and And even though they saw those things and heard those things and experienced those things, they just didn't trust God. Their their faith didn't work. There wasn't any faith there. They they thought it was too impossible. The odds facing them going into the promised land where God wanted to take them. And so the Lord says, listen, you, you, you can only enter into these promises by faith. You, you can't just do it, you, you know, you, if you don't trust me, this is not going to work out. You, you can't say you know me and love me and, 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 and you're mine, but then not follow and trust me in any way and then live your own life. And we were just talking about that over pizza <laughs> tonight here. You know, people say, I'm a Christian, I believe in God, I've received Jesus, but but 
he has no visible influence in their life. They still just kind of do their own thing. They have these things that they say. And and then when it gets down to it, you know, you, you can't enter into the place where God wants you to go and you end up like those guys just kind of wandering around in life, not really entering into the full life that the Lord had for you. And eventually they died in the desert one at a time. Time was killing them. <laughs> life was slowly killing them. It just didn't accomplish anything. They said, we know, we know, we saw, we heard, but we really don't believe. And so they never experienced the abundant life that the Lord had intended for them. But now they're back again. We just left off in Deuteronomy where Moses is reminding them of all these things. This next generation now has the same opportunity. Hey, are you going to trust? Are you going to believe? You've heard, you've experienced, you've seen, you know all this now. Are you going to take that step and walk in faith? And... We, of course, we already kind of know a little bit of background about Joshua because he was one of the 12 spies that went in and said, yes, the odds look impossible, but you're not factoring in the Lord leading us and being on us, our side. And so now Joshua's back there, one of the two guys that survived that whole wilderness experience and wandering. And, and you know, Joshua's saying, okay, let's go. Let's see what the Lord will do. And... That's where we find ourselves in verse 1 of of Joshua. And let's read that. It says, chapter 1, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. So the Lord says, okay, hey, Josh, time to move out. Time to lead these people. It's time to enter into the promises. You know, uh, uh, it's time. Uh, You know, Moses isn't here anymore. It's following now to you. Uh, You know, it's it's time. Head head in. Move out. Move forward. This is where I'm leading now. now. Now come behind me and follow me. And again... You know, the Lord does the same thing in our lives today, doesn't he? You know, leave behind the dead things, leave behind the old things, move forward into my promises. He's constantly doing that in our lives. You know, at first, when you know you come to know the Lord, it's, well, I'm not going to do this anymore, and I kind of give up this, and I'm not going to be talking this way anymore, I'm not going to be, you know, hanging out in this way anymore, I'm not going to be doing these things anymore. And he works on those things, certainly. And as we trust him and follow, you know, uh, the cussing or whatever falls away, the hanging out with the boys or the girls or whatever, and the partying and, and this kind of stuff falls away and doing all that stuff. And, you know, he, and then as you, as, you, as you grow with the Lord, he starts working on our attitude and our motives behind those things. Because that's where he really wants to get to, is not just reform the outside. You know, he, he's transforming us from the inside. And so, you know, he's saying, listen, I want you to always move forward. You know, leave behind the stuff of the old. Even that attitude and those feelings and those, you know, things that you maybe grew up seeing or, you know, things you kind of just develop. I'm always moving it forward, not away from that stuff, away from the old, whether it's the old attitude or the old actions. 
And, uh, you know, you spent enough time in the past wandering around. It's time to, to get what I, uh, going and, and move forward in what I have for you. And really, everybody's got to ask themselves this question, you know, because the Lord's calling, just like he's calling Joshua. He calls us, does the same thing. Hey, you know, I want you, I want you to move forward. I want you to move out. I want you to trust me now. You know, I, I want you to, 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 to head on into the, greater and deeper promises and things I have for you in life. But do you want what the Lord has for you? Everybody has to answer that question. I mean, when you know, deep down inside, do you really desire the things of the Lord? Or do you have these, you know, I want to have this, I want to get this, I want to accomplish this, I want to have this, I want to get this or do this or be there or go there, whatever it is, you know, these things that we kind of develop in our minds and, and, and not that they're not necessarily wrong in and of themselves, don't misunderstand me, but do we want to see those things accomplished or, or is our heart, Lord, you know, I, I really want what you have for me. Or, 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 you know, do I really want to see, you know, this relationship happen or this job happen or this, you know, money situation happen or this you know what what do we really want isn't what he has for us the best of everything i mean isn't it and i think all of us would agree with that we say oh yeah is god's way what he has for my life the best oh yeah absolutely but the question is now you know are we willing to take him at his word okay lord you're leading me you're heading me this way I'm ready to follow. And these things that maybe I have and these dreams and plans and all this stuff, I lay them down at their feet. If, if they're what you have for me, great. If they're not, then I know what you have for me is absolutely what's best. Because you know what's best. You know what's going to happen. You, you see everything in my future to till the, till the day you, you take me home into heaven. And so I, 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 I'm willing to take that step. And then verse 3 is one of those great promises that he encourages Joshua with. He says, Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. You haven't crossed over this Jordan River to take possession of what I want to give you, but it's a done deal. God is already addressing it like it's a done deal. It's yours. Go get it. Um, you, you, you remember those things that they they did, I don't know, it was years ago, and they would, um, you know, some kids that were maybe, you know, had some pretty bad diseases and stuff. I know in Southern California, some of the uh, to toy stores and Toys R Us and stuff, they would get these kids and they'd give them a shopping cart at Toys R Us and they'd say, hey, you got, you know, uh, six minutes or something, and you just... You know, whatever you put in that cart in six minutes, you're walking out the door with. Now, if you're a kid, you'd be like, whoa. They did that for me with Home Depot. I'd probably be pretty happy, too. But um, <laughs> but you know what I mean? You just go go for it. And, you know, they'd start the stopwatch, and everybody would be cheering them. And they'd be, you know, like putting their arm and getting this and getting that. And then they'd look at this, and they would be so overwhelmed sometimes. They, they couldn't move too fast. But, you know, it's all yours. The store. Whatever you can do. You know, it's... And, and really, you know, that's what God's saying in that, in that same kind of sense here, but far greater. But 
that same kind of idea. Hey, it's yours. I, I, I have already given it to you. The question is, are you going to take possession of it? Not whether it's yours or not. I've given it to you. It's a done deal. But are you going to take possession of it? You know, um, there's a great verse in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, and it says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Amen. He has blessed, it says every spiritual blessing out there. Uh, really, and, and what God is saying here to, to Joshua, you, there, there's this huge abundant blessing for you. What, what we're reading about is not so much a territory or a thing, or you're going to have this materially, but the New Testament tells us, listen, I have every spiritual blessing is is out there. How much of it are you going to take? Are you going to take that six minutes of the shopping spree at Toys R Us and start reading labels? Oh, for ages seven and above. Well, I'm six. I better not, you know. Or are you just going to take possession of what I, you know? Are you going to are you going to kind of squander? Or I'm not really sure if I'm going to like it. Or you know, well, I'll try it a little bit and I'll try it. But if I don't, if it doesn't really, you know. Once football starts, I don't know if I can make it to church. <laughs> That's what people are, right? You know, this is good and all that stuff, but I tell you, preseason's happening right now. You know, Saturday I'm heading up to the stadium, you know. No, I'm not going up there, but uh, anyway. But you know what I mean. People are like that. As long as it doesn't interfere with some things that I have planned or some things I like to do or hobbies I have or whatever it is. And, and you know, the Lord has so much for us. He says every spiritual blessing is ours in Jesus Christ. It's there. But how much do we believe him and how much will we take? That That's really the question. I've said it once I've said it a thousand times is, you know, the Lord won't take you any further than you want to go. He won't take you one step further than you want to go. He'll take you as far as you want to go, but he won't take you one step further than you're willing to go. And the question is, how far do you want to tread around on your foot? How, how much do you want, Joshua? Every place that you go will be yours. Are, are you willing to trust me and walk in faith and, 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 and take what I'm extending to you? Remember, it's always an act of faith. You've got to trust him. You say, well, I know this will kind of work out if I do this, but if I do that, I'm not really sure how it's all going to work out. I, I'm pretty sure this is going to work out, so this is kind of a sure deal for me. You know, I, I'm pretty sure I, I'll know how that will all work. But this one, I, I don't really know how that's going to work out, Lord. I don't know, you know, I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, i got to kind of work things out on my own, don't I? Doesn't it say somewhere in the Bible God helps them who helps themselves? <laughs> no, but people think that way. Sometimes we just think that way subconsciously. It's not like a conscious thing, but... You know, that's the way it is in the world, right? You have to earn it. You have to work for it. You have to, you know, figure it out. You have to do it. I was laughing because, uh, uh, boy, days running together. It was yesterday. <laughs> it happens, I guess, senile, I guess. But, um, you know, I was talking to, we were doing an investigation over in Santa Cruz, and somebody got injured and all this kind of stuff. And we're standing out by my state car, and they're saying, man, how'd you get a nice, such a nice state car? And uh, I said, you know, I, I've learned 
working for the government, you, you don't go through. If you if I put it into to, to our de- unit and then went to the department and then it goes to the division and then it goes over to their division head down to their department down to their unit, I said it. I'll never get what, what I need and it'll take six years to get it. So I just go from here to there. <laughs> I call directly, which drives everybody insane, of course. Is but I said, you know, I just made friends with a guy in Sacramento, and I told him what I needed, and he's a cool guy, and he understands, and yeah. And I just drove over and got it without even telling any. I mean, it's just pretty sad. I guess I shouldn't probably have this on a recording, but but we were talking about this, and so you know, uh, you know, I, I was thinking that that's kind of how we we do things sometimes. Some of the things like, well, you know, I. That's the way I, it works in in this world and how you do things, right? And in a lot of ways, we figure things out. We do this. We work. You get this. We expect to get, you know, all that kind of stuff. But see, God's economy is not like that. His is like, you're going to trust me. Well, I don't know. It looks kind of scary. and I don't see how it's going to work out. Well, that's what faith's all about. Because if you knew how it's all going to work out, and if I showed you everything and how it's going to lead, what, where's faith? You're just, oh, this is it. Okay. You know, I want... To you, I want you to learn to trust me, to walk in faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Wait a minute, that just kind of, wait. How, how can Hebrews 11 say that? It's, it's the evidence? It's evidence of that? Well, that's because you're trusting me. And I can't explain to you completely, and maybe not even halfway, why faith is so important, but the Lord puts a very high premium on us walking in faith. It's essential for us to grow and to learn and to go deeper and to trust more and and, and to follow his leading. I, I, it's got some great eternal value, which I don't frankly quite see, uh, uh, but a smidgen of it. But I know throughout his word, throughout all the examples we have, whether it's in the Old Testament or, or, or verses like in, in the New Testament and all those things we see through the people, we see good examples and bad examples. The Lord's always kind of pointing in that direction. And so we need to be those that walk on faith. And we can't take that same kind of feeling how we deal with things in this world and then translate that into our spiritual lives because the Lord doesn't work in that way. Just like he, you know, in our society, in our way of doing things, for the most part, you know, love is very conditional. If you love me, I'll love you. But if you don't love me, why in the world would I want to love you? <laughs> That's absolutely insane. You know, and and it might be okay for a little bit and a little bit longer, but at some point that just, but then, you know, here's the Lord says, listen, I'm not like that. Even though this and that, whatever, my love, it doesn't change. And it's not based in my forgiveness and my salvation and my uh, uh, what Jesus did on the cross. That that doesn't change based on if you were you know this or that. You know you qualify. Oh, you don't make the cut. No, it's not like that. His love is perfect in every way, whether we fail or don't fail, or, or, or pass a test. Or, his love is still there. And so it's just completely different than how we deal with each other. You know, his forgiveness is there. And if somebody did the things. Uh, to me, that I've done to the Lord, I would never forgive them. <laughs> it would be unforgivable, right? I mean, just think of the last month of your life, right? How many times we, we, we've blown it or this or that. And, and, and if we did that to each other, we would have written each other off a long time ago. Not our Heavenly Father. His whole way is different. 
He's eternal. We're finite. And so we've got to remember he wants us to walk in faith. And will it look scary? Yes. Will it look unsure? Absolutely. But if he's leading us, is he, is, is he really going to... When have you ever followed and done what the Lord called you to do and it's blown up in your face? All of us can say 100% it never has. Oh, wow, I never even thought about that. Wow, you know, like, don't, you know, like, oh, duh, yeah. And we always say that to ourselves, but yet, you know, I think sometimes we get surprised that, oh, yeah, oh, that was good. And we know every time we've trusted him and walked in faith and done what he's led us to do, that we've always, you know, things may not have worked out the way we thought it would, but we have this peace and we have this, uh, you know, great uh, uh, confidence that, Lord, you're doing that great work and it's, the best thing and you're in control and and so again how much do we believe him how much how much how many steps are we going to tread how much land are we going to possess spiritually in our lives he'll take you as far as you want to go well then the lord spells it out for him he says you know i'm going to give you from the wilderness that is in Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, and all the land of the Hittites, to the great sea, towards the going down of the sun, shall be uh, in your be your territory. Um, I'm getting all those texts, Thomas. By the way, just driving me nuts. <laughs> yeah, don't. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Patrick should know we're in church this time. Anyway. So, uh, you know, he basically, the Lord's saying to him, I got 300,000 square miles of, uh, of territory to, to give you. That's pretty much what he promised in Genesis 15. Here's, here's a map uh, today, uh, what, uh, what about that would look like, you know, in, in rough estimations. So Israel is that little land, you know, below Lebanon there on the Mediterranean there. You know, that little dot almost. And that's that, that's the land pretty much today what God promised to give them. Th- this is about what they took, which is not much more than that dot, by the way. I mean, this is, the, you know, they, they, they possessed maybe about a tenth of what God said you could have. I, I read this story uh, about this happened years ago that this Englishman moved to the United States and sooner after he arrived here he kind of dropped out of sight and one day he had an uncle in England that died and in those days he left him five million dollar estate which was an insane amount of money and Scotland Yard was tasked to find this gentleman that was his nephew that had moved to the United States somewhere in Chicago and they searched for him and searched for him but they 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 could never find him and it said you know uh, after they'd given up they had found him uh, one morning uh, frozen to death in the entranceway of a, of a cheap motel he couldn't afford the 25 cents for a room that night even though he was an heir to five million dollars he didn't claim what was his he, he, he couldn't lay hold of what belonged to him it was there sitting for him but he just you know, wandering around kind of vagabond and never was able to claim that great, huge inheritance of millions of dollars. And, you know, it's kind of what God has for us today. 
Our Heavenly Father says, listen, I want to do great things with your life. I have territory and, and things and use you in powerful way and, and, and move mightily through you. And, and it's out there. And do you want it? Because sometimes, you know, we, we get in this place in our lives, sadly, as Christians, where we've settled. And we kind of have this attitude, well, that's enough for me. I'm okay. You know, I'm saved. I'm a Christian. I go to church. I get by. And, you know, we, we kind of, okay, I know enough of the Bible. I, you know, I, I'm not absent of all those things. But yet, you know, you kind of settle into that rut. And... You know, the Lord's always saying, it's all yours. I, I have this huge territory, but how much do you want to take? You know, are we going to be like them and settle for 10%? Will we settle for 5% of what the Lord has, 50%? What what, what in our own heart, you know, have we settled for something far less than that? I got a lot for you. And then he gives him this promise in verse 5. He says, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Sound familiar, doesn't it? Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. And so the Lord reminds Joshua, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I, I don't. I know it's fearful. I know it looks shaky. How is it going to work out? But if I don't do it, what I think, then what happens if stuff starts falling apart? The Lord says, "Listen, I'm with you. I want to use you. I want to bless you. I want to take you." And we have those same promises with us. You know, God's with us. You know, Jesus said those same words to us: "I will never leave you or forsake you." You know, we don't ever need to be afraid about the circumstances. We can claim that and then remember that, uh, you know, uh, Lord, I, I'm going to trust you. But what about the circumstances? Lord, I'm going to trust you. You, you. You've given promises. You're going to be with me. And though the circumstances seem shaky or I can't figure this is not working out or nothing's ever, you know, going in the right directions, we we don't ever need to be afraid about our circumstances if we're walking and trusting Him. Because He's going to take care of it all. That's His promise. Be strong. Be of good courage. I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to pat you on the back, give you lunch, and say, I'll see you in heaven. Work it all out. A lot of people, that's you know, kind of sad that have that attitude. Lord's absent in their lives. They kind of have to figure it out on their own. They kind of feel that way. That's because, again, they're rolling over what they've learned how to work in our society into their relationship with God. You know, if I don't do this for him, then he won't do anything for me. <laughs> the Lord did everything for us when we were at our, our, our worst, we're told. When we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. When we're at our worst, he paid that price. You, you think he's going to give up to us when we actually want to do something and try? And No. And leave you figure it out on your own? No. I'm with you. 
Verse 7, only be strong and very courageous that you may observe and do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. Listen, if you listen to all the instructions I'm given, I've given you, all will go well because I know what I'm doing. So if we in our day, having the the law written on our hearts, as the New Testament puts it on, on, not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of our hearts. In other words, he writes it into our, our very heart, uh, who we are and our being. He's given us what we need. He's given us his Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us and, and warn us and encourage us and, 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 you know, correct us and all those things. You know, you know, oh, it's not the right thing to say or do. Oh, forgive me. You got to go back or, you know, you do this and, oh, it looks like everything's kind of falling apart. I'm, you know, riding the rails and the bridge looks like it's out. No, no, I'm going to keep going. I'm leading that direction. It's going to be okay. You'll see. And, you know, we keep, keep moving ahead. Just, just, just listen. I, I'm instructing you in the way you should go. Just follow me. Trust me. Uh, certainly they've been given the law and the tabernacle and they know what to do in, the, uh, in Joshua's day. have laid it all out for you. This is the way. And, and in the new covenant, even greater. We don't have to go to a place to, to, to meet with the Lord. He, he chooses to dwell in His people. And I'm going to lead you and instruct you. And Of course, that's why you're here tonight, right? You want to hear from the Lord. And He says, I'm going to give you what you need. I know what I'm doing. So just be strong. Be courageous. Not fearful. Remember, fear is a faith killer. And then He tells him in verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Like Joshua, we as believers need to be strong and courageous. And we need to possess our spiritual possessions by faith. Yes, we're in enemy territory. Yeah, our, our, our battle isn't with flesh and blood. And the enemy isn't there with spears and knives and arrows and all those and high walls in Joshua's days. But we still have that very... You, you know, uh, enemy that's against us. And it's spiritual battles in our day and spiritual wars. And sometimes the spiritual war looks like a person like your boss that's driving you nuts or this person that's doing this and doing that. But we realize it's not that person. It's it's the enemy using that person. It's the force behind that. We realize there are spiritual battles. And the Lord says, listen, I've equipped you for a spiritual warfare. And you guys all know that the, the the armor of God, right, and the helmet of salvation, and the, you know the the breastplate, and the and the you know the word of God, the sword of the spirit, the word of God, and you know the defense we have, and the offense, and all those things. He's given us all those spiritual things that we might be strong and courageous. Yes, we're in enemy territory. Keep meditating on the word, study it. 
Put it into our hearts. It'll give you great success. Just why we go through the Bible here. You know, I was I was listening to a Christian radio uh, station that I like listening to. It's out of Southern California, and, and it's kind of changed the format a little bit, and it's kind of got a little frustrating a little bit because there's people that I like to listen to that aren't there as I like to, especially the times that I listen to it. And and um, you know, there's there's some you know people on there, some guys with some very big churches, and and the lessons they they talk about are are, are good and right, um, but. You know, it's just like, you know, how to be a, a good husband or a good wife or a good employee or how to be nice to your neighbors or how to be kind or how to do all these things. And, and um, and you know, when you throw a Bible verse in here and, and a Bible verse there and, and it's okay and it's good and it's not bad, but it's what it doesn't say that kind of bothers me because there's so much more that it's not going out, which is one of the reasons why I find it so important to, to that we study through God's Word, but also that we read through it on our own. And I, I can't help but beat that drum, guys, that, you know, we should be able to read through our Bibles um, and, and read in them every day. And, and I would encourage you just not to do one of these things, okay, here I am. Oh, okay, you know, I'll read that chapter or those few verses. And I'm not saying, you know, there's a time where you feel kind of frustrated and Lord, lead me to a passage. I'm okay with that. But, you know, there should be some some systematic way that you go through it. And I, I've found you guys just in my own life, and I can only pass along what, what's been given to me. But, you know, for years, decades, guys, I learned to just, Every year, January 1st, I start in Genesis, and by December 31st, I'm all the way through Revelation. It's three chapters a day. I, 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 Annabelle likes to do like two chapters in the Old Testament and one in the New Testament. I can't, I'm not that smart. I, I, I can't shift gears that much myself, personally. Uh, I've read through the chronological Bible through the year. I, I, I don't know. You know, maybe I'm old, stuck in my ways, or whatever this way on that. But that, it works for me. I, I'm not saying, you know, you have to do it exactly my way, but I, I, I can't help but tell you that, you know, the more we get uh, this book not departing from our mouth and meditating, it says in verse 8, day and night, because once we have it in us, then, man, it's so much easier to walk in faith and to see how the Lord's leading us and where the Holy Spirit's saying no and yes and do this and go there and not go there and warning, man, you're heading down the wrong path. Or, hey, I know this looks scary, but this is the path I have you on. I know you don't know how it's going to look out, but hey, be courageous, move ahead, you know. I, I, and His Word is so powerful. And so, uh, you know, meditating on it. it, it listen, I, I could be a news junkie, okay? I, I'll admit that. There's a lot of stuff I like to read about and go off on tangents on stuff that's interesting to me um, and, you know, entertaining really in that sense. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you can't chase those things. You know, you can't chase entertainment, what what entertains you, whatever that might be for you. And, and, and to the, to the, you know, to the detriment of not reading the Bible, it's, I'll just give you the, that for instance, my own family. So, we had to do something, and I forgot what I was doing, but Anastasia was 
watching these little cartoon things she was watching, and she was watching for a couple hours. And I realized as I'm going by doing stuff, and I see her, she's sitting in the same place, filling her you know head with Disney Channel, which is not bad in and of itself. But you know, and then I said, you know, Anastasia, take a time out and grab your book and spend half an hour just reading your book. Man, if fireworks could have gone off, fireworks could have, what, a half an hour? That's forever, you know. You know, I'm like, wait a minute. You've been doing this for almost two hours. I say just do it for a half an hour, something that's profitable, and, you know, you're going to, you know, blow a fuse because I asked you to read for a half an hour. I said, you need to understand. You, you have to prioritize your time. It just can't be entertained all the time. And I say she's not, you know, really bad that way. She's very active. She likes to go out. But at that time, she wasn't. So I said, hey, let's redeem this time. But the same thing is true in our lives, isn't it? You know, we want to entertain or do things we like to do, and then, oh, yeah, I'm too tired to read the Bible. Or, man, I stayed up too late. Now I can't really read in the morning. Or, oh, I was going to read it during lunchtime, but then, you know, I got phone calls when I'm sitting there. You know, and, you know, it just happens. I know, guys. I get it. But, um, you, you know, we just need to meditate on it. Uh, don't let it depart from us. And, and man, it, it has a great return. One of the great investments you can make. And, and that's what he's telling here. And, and you're not going to be, you're going to be strong. You're gonna be, it's going to build up your faith. It's going to draw you closer to me. You're going to see me more clearly. Love me more dearly. Day by day. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> right? Well, it's in the Bible, okay? Right? And, and so that's what he's saying here. And then let's finish with this, verse 10. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, saying, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go into the uh, possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. And so I like that. Joshua, after being encouraged by the Lord, being directed by the Lord, being reminded of all that he knew of the Lord, Joshua doesn't sit around and say, well, okay, I'm going to pray about it a little bit more. And Okay, thanks, Lord, but you know we're pretty comfortable here. We beat all these guys. There's no enemy on this side of the, of the Jordan. You know, they're all kind of wiped out. You're kind of giving us this land. Let's just settle down. Let me just take a breather here for a month or two or a year or five or whatever, you know. He doesn't do that, man. As soon as the Lord's finished talking, he, he jumps up and says, man, I'm not going to sit around. Let's move out. You told me to be strong. You told me you'd be with me. You told me about the plan, and he acts. And that's how faith works. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this word that you've given us tonight, Lord, and may it encourage our hearts, Lord, to, Lord, just want to draw nearer to you. Help us with our faith, Lord. Help us with our doubts and our pulls in life or our hearts pulling us one way or desires are pulling us one way and and you're moving us in a different direction lord and there's this battle that goes on lord and i don't know why it happens lord it's when we talk about it when we look at it it seems to be hands down a no-brainer that we just let go of what we're you know those things and just move to you because you never let us down and your love is perfect and even though we've you know, blown it and done this and not done this and all those kind of things, you still love us and want to lead us and want to take us deeper and deeper. And, and uh, I don't know why we resist at times. 
So, Father, I, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to trust you and to be of good courage and to be strong. And we've seen and we've known and we understand and and you've given us every reason to believe and trust you. You've taken us thus far. And, Lord, help us not to settle in in a place where you don't want us to settle in because it's just scratching the surface of the great things that you want to do. Lord, we never want to be that person that you put up on the shelf. We want to be the person that's used by you because that's where the greatest peace and the greatest love and the greatest satisfaction, the greatest joy is found. And you know that, and you want to bless us with that. But you also give us the choice. Help us to choose, Father. Be of good courage. Be strengthened. Not give up, not be dismayed, not worried about the enemy and the attacks and the problems and the difficulties that lie, that the battle lines out in front, Father. Your promise is to see us through. Your promise is to give us so much more than we can ever even begin to imagine. Help us take help us to take possession of that, Father. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.